Building Trust in Government is a monthly podcast sponsored by MITRE and its Center for Data-Driven Policy, informing national policy with objective, nonpartisan insights. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the podcast series, Building Trust in Government, a conversation about creating outcomes through policy and partnerships. I'm Jim Cook, MITRE Vice President for Strategic Engagement and Partnerships and the Executive Chair for MITRE's Center for Data-Driven Policy. This monthly podcast series focuses on how leaders across government, industry, and academia, and nonprofits can work together on actionable policy solutions to deliver results on important national challenges. Today's conversation is gonna focus on the topic of digital transformation. My guest today, Suzette Kent, former Federal Chief Information Officer and currently CEO of Kent Advisory Services. She spent 29 years in the financial services industry and is a global leader in large-scale business transformation. She's currently a strategic advisor to many companies and a corporate board mem member as well. Good morning, Suzette, and thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me. I look forward to the conversation. Also joining us today is no stranger to this community either, Dave Wenergren, CEO of ACT-IAC, the national nonprofit private-public partnership that advances the business of government through the application of technology. He's had a long career in government and the private sector, and during his government service in particular, he held senior information technology roles in the Department of Defense. Hi, Dave, and thanks for joining us. It's great to be with you this morning. And also joining us again is my colleague, Dave Pounder. As you know, Dave is Executive Director of MITRE's Center for Data-Driven Policy, and before coming to MITRE, Dave served as Director of Information Technology Management Issues at the Government Accountability Office and he's held leadership roles in the private sector as well. This is a topic that's right down the, uh, the alley for Dave and something that he spent a good deal of his career focused on. Thanks again for joining us, Dave. Great, Look, looking forward to the conversation today, Jim. So I know we have a lot to talk about and a lot of insight to, 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 to get on the table today, so let's get right to it. Just to set the context, once again, information technology plays a very prominent role in the management vision of a sitting administration. I think I may have commented in the last episode that this has been a long-standing challenge for the federal government, the, the, the challenge of modernizing information technology to drive business change. Challenge of digital government has been on the priority list for a while, but with more resources being made available and expectations in the pace of technology increasing, I have a question for all of you to kick us off. And Suzette, let's start with you. Do you believe the foundation is there to enable success? Do we have the business models in government including the funding model, the workforce model, metrics, reporting, aligned in a way that really is going to enable the federal government to accelerate the pace and drive innovation and adopt innovative technologies. First, Jim, uh, it's kind of funny as we start this conversation, um, I think the only, we, th this group of people ha has talked about many of these topics many times, and the only difference is we're being recorded today. <laughs> while this is going on. So uh, I hope this is a fun conversation, but I, I think the um, not all the pieces are completely aligned on the, on the digital side. What, you know, both at, when I served as federal CIO and now on the outside working with so many companies, we saw massive acceleration forced by the pandemic in our, our digital capabilities. And some of those other things that you mentioned, metrics and measures, funding processes, those still have to keep up. We we move really quickly and it's exciting to see federal agencies talking about the fact that when they engage with citizens to deliver services or information, we've now moved to the other side where digital is the primary channel. 
So that mandates a different kind of focus, a different level of priority, and that those supporting infrastructures evolve, you know, with that. And um, I'm looking forward to, to to drilling down, you know, on, on some of those things. But when we talk about digital transformation and we look at some of the metrics that are out, you know, in government, we're still pretty nascent at, at measuring those in the way that public, I mean, that private sector does. And quite honestly, in a way that reflects what citizens think of us. So, so those are opportunities for us to improve. Dave Wintergren, what do you think about the position positioning for success? Well, you know, PMAs are crucial examples of strategic leadership. If leaders don't demand it and then follow up and measure it, then progress doesn't get made. And, and first off, it's, it's great that there's consistency across these PMAs because it's really hard on agencies working on these long, complex problems have to change direction. So, so I think that the PMA has the right set of topics, you know, IT modernization, cyber, data, digital, shared services. We got the right set of stuff we're working on. But I would say that there's never been a more urgent time to give CIOs the freedom to maneuver with plans that they develop, submit, and then are measured against. Because we need agency plans that uh, demand innovation, focus on the retirement of legacy systems, encourage the adoption of new technologies. And, uh, and so I think that, you know, some of the next steps are about how do we make sure that instead of micromanaging the way people are counting things, we move to like give people plans and then we measure the progress of those plans. Mm -hmm. Be more outcome driven. That's something I, I, I really want to follow up on and drill down on because as you know, with conversations going on right now about a FATAR 2.0 and, uh, and, and, uh, and other policy initiatives that are being considered, how do we make sure that the policy initiatives that go forward and the legislation that goes forward is the right set that enables pro progress and change and doesn't create unintended consequences? Dave Pounder, from your perspective, I ask you to just kind of put your, your former GAO hat on because you've looked at a lot of these programs. What's your perspective on the government's positioning for success with all of the, the new initiatives, the new resources coming? Well, Jim, you know, it's, it's always quite mixed, mixed when you look at the workforce and funding and alignment with the business and how we measure outcomes through the appropriate metrics. I think what Dave mentioned with the PMA focus, and Suzette used the words about focus and prioritization, that's what's really important. There's a lot to do when you look at digital transformation. So what's really important is that we have the right policies and leaders setting the direction on the right priorities and the focus, because you could kind of get lost in the mix of all the legislation and uh, OMB policies that are out there in the whole, but you got to kind of sift through that and really focus on the things that are going to result in the in the in the right outcomes, delivering on mission outcomes, securing our operations, and uh, so I think again the PMA plays a key role, and I think Suzette in your prior role you saw it with the right focus and attention. In fact, I, one of the things Suzette did I thought which was great was there was a, a executive order on CIO authorities that came up Suzette when you were in office. And I think that EO kind of prioritized four or five key things that CIOs really needed to keep their eye on the ball. Those are the things that are really needed so that we can make the, the most progress here. Hey, Jim, I, I appreciate Dave's comment on that, but and, and but in both the Daves, I think what what we're kind of collectively saying, the priorities are right. We have to get the underlying mechanisms that support delivery on those priorities you know, properly aligned. And we saw many times when when we could clearly define the priorities and kind of get some of the rest of that traffic, um, you know, out of the way, 
incredible things were accomplished by agencies, by CIOs, you know, with their various industry partners. And um, I would be remiss, and if I didn't mention one of the ones that, that I know that we've had conversations about quite a bit too is, you know, how we look at the funding process right. because we're trying to be agile and nimble and, um, you know, our, our technology is changing so rapidly in the, in, in the case of what's out there and, and what we can use. Um, our funding process is, you know, we, we've made some progress with things like what we can do with working capital um, and the TMF, but that, that's actually not enough for us to be able to fund, you know, in a nimble manner. Because when the priorities are right, that's mm -hmm. fantastic. But we have to get the resources um, against those priorities so that we can really uh, accelerate progress. Well, well, I want to ask you a, a little bit more about those priorities. Do you believe the priorities are right? How should the priorities shift? I'll give you an example. With TMF, for instance, and the agency working capital funds, is enough emphasis being placed on the migration away from old versions of hardware and software and current versions of technology, you know, retiring legacy, so to speak. What's the, you know, are policies creating the right balancers? There's something that we should be doing from a policy perspective to put the same level of attention on legacy as FATAR 1.0 did with data center consolidation. So what's your thoughts on that? Jim, the, the word legacy is um, kind of challenging because just because something's old doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. What's bad is non-performing, non-secure, not scalable, operational, you know, operationally cumbersome, and something that's not producing the outcomes that we want. I, the lens should be more on the outcomes. You know, I, I just like you um, support in the work that you do, and the outcomes and how we can leverage technology to deliver those outcomes. And that answer might be different depending on what you're doing. Back to what Dave Winogren said, is giving CIOs the flexibility to make those decisions, to look at all the, 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 the weapons in their arsenal and all the mm -hmm. types of technology and choosing what's right you know, for that set of outcomes. What we have seen around priorities, unfortunately, and I think where, where legacy gets its uh, you know, bad name, is that so many of those are not secure. And you know, you, you talked about priorities, digital transformation, obviously a key priority. It's slow in those environments. Um, we have cybersecurity challenges now that are unprecedented. I frame legacy in the way of attack the things that are getting in the way of delivering results so that you can, you know, you're, you're not just changing something right. because it's old. You're being purpose driven and focused on those outcomes. So Dave Wintergren, turn it over to you to set us up then for the next segment. What are some of the things that you think get in the way of allowing CIOs to make those types of determinations? And what would you, you know, where, where do you think we ought to be focusing? Well, you know, as they say, there's a difference between having a seat at the table and a voice at the table. And I think we have plenty of statutory authorities. We can get into like sort of cleaning up, but I mean, it's plenty of opportunities. But, but agencies have to recognize the importance of that role and give it the right portfolio. If you look across the federal CIOs, they have very different sets of positional authorities and, and uh, you know, and portfolios, if you will. And so, I mean, there are some things that are fundamentally clear. IT modernization is still a top priority. 
right? The majority of agencies spend the majority of their funds on aging legacy infrastructure and systems. IT modernization helps you get adopt new technologies. IT modernization probably is also a direct correlation between how well you responded to the pandemic and got to a virtual world quickly. And so, so IT modernization, cybersecurity, these are top priorities for federal CIOs. And what we have to do is, is set them up to be able to develop plans and then manage the plans. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. I'm Jim Cook, and you're listening to Building Trust in Government. We'll be right back in a moment with more on specific recommendations for the administration and Congress on digital transformation from Suzette Kent, Dave Winogren, and Dave Pounder. Policymakers are faced with turning workable ideas into actionable policies. MITRE's Center for Data-Driven Policy delivers objective, evidence-based, nonpartisan insights to government policymaking. We work in the public interest and serve as a bridge across government, industry, and academia. MITRE applies a whole-of-nation approach to our biggest challenges in national security, science and technology, cyber, and domestic policy. At MITRE, our mission is solving problems for a safer world. Discover how at MITRE.org slash Policy Center. The world is full of challenges, and at MITRE, we're ready to take them head on. We're working on some of the world's most difficult problems. We're here to create a safer world. We are a world-class team of innovators, thought leaders, visionaries, and doers. We know we are called to do more, do better, think differently, and move faster. And at MITRE, we're meeting those challenges every day. We're solving problems for a safer world. Discover MITRE.org. We're back now on Building Trust in Government. I'm Jim Cook with MITRE's Center for Data-Driven Policy, along with my colleague Dave Pounder and our guest today, former Federal Chief Information Officer Suzette Kent and Dave Winogren, CEO of ACT-IAC. Welcome back. So Dave, you've kind of wrapped up the first segment talking about some of the, um, the enablers or the ideas that might better enable CIOs to minimize some of the, reduce some of the barriers. Let's talk about this from the industry perspective as well, because the government industry partnership is critically important to really make progress and help agencies adopt technology. What are some of the barriers that you believe get in the way of that relationship that you would like to see addressed through policy? It really is an important topic, Jim. You know, um, if you think about it, you know, the 90 plus billion dollar federal IT budget, the vast majority of that money goes to the private sector. And so depending on how we interact with the private sector, how we engage the thought leadership of the private sector, is it has a direct impact on the kind of results we're going to get about this outcome of modernizing and going more digital. If you think about it, you know, the innovation is all the rage right now, but I feel like sometimes government agencies are more hampered by how they ask for things than by who they ask. There are great innovative new companies in the market, but there are great longtime companies in the market who are still offering really innovative things. And so, so you know, the, the flexibilities exist in the federal acquisition regulations. We, we give a lot of beef to the, the FAR, but, but, you know, the flexibilities exist if we choose to use them. And so, I mean, I think we need to continue to ask ourselves, you know, are we demanding innovation in our procurements? Or are we penalizing people for innovation? Do we encourage alternative proposals or do we penalize for alternative proposals? Do we create really rigid statements of work that box in the company and not be able to bring the best practices that they're using around the world? Or do we use statements of objectives that allow industry to come in and, and bring their best to the game? We need to rely on experts outside of the organization to help get work done. And so we have to think more thoughtfully about things like performance-based contracting, managed services, buying things as a service. It's not new stuff. When, you know, I'm like in the last millennium, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, you know, we did the <laughs> Navy Marine Corps Internet in the Navy, which was a performance-based managed services contract. But, but yet still we go through these battles about 
you know, can we trust? Can we, you know, allow the other person to do it for us? And so sometimes we, we hunker down into, you know, procurement approaches that make us feel like we're minimizing risk, but are actually avoiding taking advantage of the best ideas that are out there in the market. Mm -hmm. So, hey, Jim, ahead, can, I, can I jump into to, to kind of an example of, of Dave's and and he and I a, a point, he and I talked about this. You know, when you talk about true transformation, we all know that most of that takes more than a single year, you know, to get done. And he used an example. We ask industry and we ask our partners to come tell us about their biggest successes. And then we ask them to deliver in a different way. Right. And, and so we want the same outcome, but we make them go through this procurement and, and gymnastics because of the way we fund and, and because of the processes. Maybe if we consider, you know, ways that we can start to, to pull down those barriers, it will open up more options for true transformation and, and really um, drive more aggressive results. And I'm so glad, Dave talked about that because it was one of the frustrations I often felt because I could point back to wait, you know, it, it, it can be done, you know, in this manner. Why can't we do those same things inside of the government? So, so that leads to a question that I'd like to ask all three of you then before we, because uh, you just triggered a thought. So when we think about FATARA, it is the Federal Information Technology Acquisition Reform Act. Is there enough acquisition in FATARA? Should more be done to address the challenge that Suzette and Dave Winogren brought up? So Dave Pounder, maybe I'll start with you on that. You know, Jim, if you look at FATARA, you're right. FATARA was focused a lot on uh, operational systems, data centers, for the portfolio stat initiative, those types of things. It did enhance CIO authorities by tying CIO's approval to the budget. Uh, and uh, you know, also to acquisition, approving large acquisitions, trying to break that wall down between CIOs and the acquisition and procurement shops. I do think there needs to be more on the acquisition front and this whole uh, notion of migration to legacy. And Suzette's absolutely right. All legacy isn't bad, but there's a lot that's quite insecure. I know the last GAO report, they listed the top 10 legacy systems that were in need of migration and they didn't even name the system because they said it was too sensitive because of the security vulnerabilities. That says a lot. So I do think there needs to be a push on legacy migration. I know there's been some discussions on the Hill with some legacy reduction uh, opportunities, but there's probably more that needs to be done there. And I will say this uh, just around this discussion. Now, when you look at the administration's priorities with customer experience, and uh, the cyber EO and the move towards zero trust, you're going to have a hard time achieving all those goals with the amount of legacy we have out there. It's going to be very difficult to move right. to zero trust. It's also going to be very difficult to get the customer experience you want when you have back-end systems that are chugging along. So I think we really do need to focus on this acquisition board, Jim, and in particular, these old and secure legacy applications. Right. I, I agree, Dave, and uh, and and so you know to come back, Suzette, to you and Dave Winogren, as we look ahead, what are some of the key things that you would recommend to the administration as they implement the PMA and uh, and continue to make progress or accelerate, try to accelerate the pace on this challenge of digital transformation? Well, first, I, I want to say I, I do think that uh, to, to echo Dave, 
counter that, that the priorities have been well signaled, whether it's the PMA, the year two data strategy, the executive orders, you know, digital is now one of the primary modes of both work inside, you know, federal because remote, you know, we're still in a significantly remote environment as well as service delivery. So looking at ways that we measure and highlight that again, more on par with private sector, our citizens, that's how citizens judge what they're receiving from the government, the quality of those services, the security. Um, we have in, in delivering in that mode, we have a lot more to do in the cybersecurity area, but that's gonna be the standard operation now. That So, so we have to have a different pace which also probably means a different flexibility in what we mm -hmm. interrogate, you know, in the cyberspace. And the last thing on, you know, modernization, I completely agree with uh, Dave Winogren. Modernization will always be a topic, um, but we need to be looking more forward versus back. And some of the things that we're measuring now are, I I'll say, um, good hygiene, but most of the CIOs do those now. So as we look to how we better position for the future, things around um, identity and access in order to achieve, you know, some more more modern, whether it's zero trust or other types of architectures, data, and, and how we handle um, the sophistication of data, both protection and sharing and use for data-driven policy and automation. We need to make sure that we are doing um, all the right things to, to be results focused in those areas and those are places all each one of those where the objective is out there and we need to move the rest of the supporting infrastructure um to support achieving those goals good good i've got my short list i'll talk fast because i want to make sure we get them all in so we must build trust right uh, it, it, we still live in a very polarized world and we have low trust environments. It was a topic of ActIX 2021 presidential agenda project that you led, Jim, you know, delivering outcomes, building trust. One of the great ways to build trust is to more, work more on transparency, replacing decisions made out of fear and anecdote with data-driven decisions. So the whole work in data-driven decision-making, policy-making is crucially important. We have to have a demand signal for agile, modular, performance-based contracting approaches to this work so that we, we get out of the throat over the transom to industry and then not be happy with what they came back with. We need to encourage experimentation. I think there's a direct correlation between, you know, do we uh, do we prefer pilots and experiments that allow you to get outside of the antibodies of the status quo of the agency? Because the budgets are all around these programs of record that have been around forever and maybe around for years. And, and it's hard to get error for the new approaches and new ideas unless you encourage experimentation, encourage pilots rather right. than like torturing them while you let the status quo just continue on and the mandate for customer experience. The engagement of the customer through the process and moving with speed, that is this sort of agile or modular approach, I would say are the two things that make the greatest difference in whether a program is successful. And so, you know, if we could work on some of those things, I think that would be great next steps for us all. Great, thank you. Dave Pounder, final thought. So final thought is uh, great, great comments by Dave and Suzette. And also, too, we can never lose sight, Jim, of the workforce, because when we start talking about how we're going to get this done, we need the right workforce in place, uh, the right technologists, the right cyber folks, and also the right folks that, that need to know when we have gaps and we need to partner with industry and the right contractors. So uh, focusing on the workforce is, is still going to be really critical as we move forward. Great. Thank you. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about here. And as you all said, this is, an, this is a continual process. Technology changes, we've got to change with it. 
The goal here is to help the government become at least a fast follower of that technology change and drive business outcomes. We may come back together again and talk later on this year about how we're doing. I'd like to thank our special guests today, former Federal Chief Information Officer Suzette Kent and Dave Wintergren, CEO of ACT-IAC, for joining us today on the Building Trust in Government podcast. And thanks again to my colleague Dave Pounder for being here as well. I invite our listeners to tune in again next month when we'll talk about the President's management agenda. I'm Jim Cook, and you're listening to Building Trust in Government, brought to you by MITRE Center for Data-Driven Policy on Federal News Network. Building Trust in Government is sponsored by MITRE and its Center for Data-Driven Policy, bringing evidence-based insights to government policymaking. Discover more at MITRE.org slash policy center.